0: According to a recent survey by Bain & Company, changeability is the primary source of competitive advantage in a business environment forever shifted by COVID-19. Research shows that companies who have a higher change power grow faster and have stronger leaders and more engaged employees. So how can business leaders brace for change and act to change? Today's episode focuses on ways you can create a system, a framework called change management, to lead your organization to success. Hello, and welcome back to Breadcrumbs, the podcast from WorkSync. Today, we're joined by members of our product team at WorkSync with some insights into organizational change.
1: Could you introduce yourselves? We're glad to, Kim. Uh, I'm Dave Herring, and uh, I'm out of our Farmington Hills location.
2: Hey, Kim. Joe Thompson, product manager uh, and out of the West Michigan
0: we have a lot of offices in Michigan.
2: There's <laughs> an office of one.
0: Yes. Okay, so let's start with the basics. Welcome. And what exactly is change management? Why is it important?
1: Well, change management's all about the people side of, of change. And you know, it's, it's critical um, because without inspiring people to make the change, whatever you're working on, whether it's a technical project or just an organizational change initiative, it's not gonna be successful until you've gotten the individuals to embrace and adopt the change that you're trying to implement.
0: Right, so let's put this into context of this business in our industry here, workforce management. So I've read up on some recent statistics About 70% of change efforts in this area fail. That includes projects to change software, which is what we do every day. Have you seen any efforts fail because of groups that don't have a plan?
1: Unfortunately, all the time. Uh Uh, You said, you know, 70% of projects do fail. and, And a lot of it just goes back to, you know, organizations not properly prepping their teammates to be successful. One, they don't understand what the change is all about. And, you know, until you understand it and and take some other critical steps, you're just not going to be able to embrace the change. So
0: again, yeah, unfortunately we see that all the time. Right. I think there are some organizations that are intuitively good at change management. Why do you think that's the case? Well, some of it's experience, Uh, you know, you might get
1: an individual or some organizations even have departments uh, that are designed to work with change management, and it starts at the top. You know, you've got to have a very good sponsor engagement and and people managers that are involved Uh, because it's all, I believe it's all about communications. And so you need to have the communications coming down from the top, but also across the, the departments. Uh, and so, you know, intuitively, uh, you know, I think it's something that, uh, it's kind of a grassroots effort that grows over time and, uh, it builds from there.
0: Okay. So we just went through, you know, why change is important and we know a plan is so important, especially if you're moving from one software system to another, have you used any frameworks or methods for change management that are effective? I have. Uh, The one
1: I've adopted uh, is ADCAR, which uh, is a framework that's been promoted and uh, has been developed by ProSci, uh, an organization out of of Colorado. And it's one that I've studied, uh, you know, not extensively, but I've spent a fair amount of time reading blogs, et cetera. Uh, They have a, a framework called ADCAR which you know I've been promoting within our organization. Uh, and, and we found it to be quite successful. Uh, the A in ADCAR stands for awareness. You need to create the awareness of the need for change within your people. The D is desire. You have to create that desire for them to want to participate and engage in the change. K is the knowledge. Uh, Employees have to have the knowledge of the skills and the competencies competencies needed to make that change. A is their ability to perform the skills. Without that, obviously, no one's going to be successful. And then R is the reinforcement. So once they've adopted the change and are becoming comfortable with it, you just have to continue to reinforce their adoption and use of that change. And one of the ways that uh, you know we found quite successful here in the last couple of years is kudos. We recognize our employees for adopting the change and continuing to use it. So uh, I'm a big proponent of, of ADCAR by ProSci.
0: Okay, Dave, so thanks so much for going through that framework. I wanna dig in a little bit around awareness and communication. So is there an alignment around this particular stage? So it's awareness, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But is it is there something to be said about organizational goals and aligning that with it's what want- you're
2: trying to make people aware of? Yeah. Without a doubt. You're trying to make people aware of what organizational goals are so that they can all know that they're going in the same direction. So if they don't, if everyone's confused why are we doing this? Then what kind of effort can you expect them to put into adopting anything you're trying to get them to adopt? When it when it comes to awareness, Dave is great at pushing communication, even if it's, you see, there's never too much. I don't think Dave's ever said that's a little bit much in communication. All the I mean, I can say that that's
0: it. unlikely to ever be the case.
1: Well, and I think that's one of the keys, you know, many organizations, perhaps they do feel like they're communicating too much, but as both of you've reinforced, I would agree. I don't think there is. I, in fact, you know, I always caution all of us. I think we communicate too little. Because again and again, you hear people say, I, I didn't know about that. And, you or know, some worst of the three inter- words,
2: the worst three words, no one told me yeah. when something happens, when, when change happens in a, in an organization.
1: Yeah. And, and, well, yeah. And it's that and what's with them. I mean, what's in it for me why do I need to make the change, you know, support this change? Cause I like the old school way of doing things. I, you know, those are some of the resistance mechanisms we run into. And again, all that, you know, that feeds off of lack of awareness. No one told me we we're starting to move in this direction. So why should I move?
2: And we try to make that a, a, a key component of our regular product updates that we that we do for those uh, that are using our applications is to make sure they know this is what we're changing, this is how we're rolling it out, this is why this is changing. Um, in the awareness phase, you get a chance to start building that desire for the change. And you can either build the desire for the change or resistance, and that's not that's not the R here. So you're trying to, to defeat that while, while building up their, their desire to, to engage with that change. And sometimes it's tying that to the goals. Right, It's saying, we're doing this for a good reason. It's going to meet these goals. And that will get people um, to accept change they might not have wanted to otherwise. Uh, But the better change is the one that gets them excited, and they're less resistant to it because they saw it coming ahead of time. So we like to do that with the product changes that we roll out into our environment here uh, for our consumers.
0: Yep. Even if you think you've you've communicated well, do it at least one more time. It always feels like you're being overbearing, you're over communicating, but you're not, especially with something as important as what's going to affect your day to day.
1: Well, and one of the again, I mean, the communications a key, and one of the the aspects of what Joe and his team do, and I, you know, I I find is great is that they they communicate in a fashion that is very informative, but it's not telling someone they're actually talking to them and they're listening to them. And they give the folks an opportunity to raise questions that maybe bring forth, Joe, I don't understand what's going on here. And I think People that's want critical. to hear a story.
2: They yeah. want to hear a story, not an instruction manual. And, and so if you can say, this is what's happened. This is why we've come to this. This is what we're trying to accomplish. This is how we're doing it. Um, gives them a ch- it does give them a chance to participate, but you're giving them a narrative rather than you're saying it has been decreed, it has been decided this is going to change. And uh, it gets, it's much easier to get their buy-in when you give them a narrative.
0: So what is a great way to get started? How do we get started? What are those keys to change management? I think you kind of alluded to it, Joe, with um, vision vision. But Dave, can you elaborate a little bit around that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, as Joe said, you, you have to have the vision and it has to be shared with everyone in the organization. It can't just be, you know, the, the CEO or even at a project level, just the, the project stakeholder talking to the project manager. That's not going to happen. You, you need to have an engaged project stakeholder that's willing to talk to the entire project team on a frequent basis. They need to be involved uh, to show why that change is necessary, why they're supporting that change and, 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 back it. And to be successful, you can't rely on just one person. You need to have, you know, they need to be surrounded by a, a team of, of support change managers and people managers are, are critical because you know, research has shown people want to understand the big picture change from, we'll say, the CEO. But when it comes down to, well, how does that impact me? They want to hear from their people manager. So, you know, that vision is coming from the top. Uh, it's being communicated. It's being reinforced. And everybody, for the most part, is trying to move in the same uh, you know, lockstep direction going forward, understanding what what's co- taking place.
2: You don't want to find any space between the the larger message that's going out and what people managers are are communicating and reinforcing. If you find any space, then the people that are looking to be resistant to change will find the room to do it.
1: So you know, when we take that that vision, if you will, and we bring it down to a a project uh, level, uh, you know, we always start off with if not one, maybe a couple of, of kickoff meetings where, you know, we talk uh, quite extensively again about, you know, what's taking place, why it's taking place, you know, uh, maybe get, start to get into a little bit of, the, of the, the WIFM, you know, what's not only the impact to you, but your entire department, how's that uh, uh, get represented on a cross-departmental basis? You know, you're sitting in these meetings. Don't just, you know, absorb. We want you to absorb the information, but also be thinking about what other impacts are there. Take that that, that awareness and begin to turn it into to desire, the knowledge, you know, what has to change. Um, and that's where we, I think we've been successful. It's with these cross-functional teams being staffed by, by team members that are willing to speak up. And maybe it's not even a, a change in their specific department, but one that they recognize for having been with us for for X number of years.
2: There there are things I think that are that are valuable in leading change and thing pitfalls that people find themselves in, or um, areas that an organization might forget. And a, a big part of leading change is to is to not be afraid. Mm -hmm. if you don't be afraid if you don't know the answer because sometimes people will challenge you and bring things to the table to say this is changing but you have you considered this which i would also say don't be afraid of your detractors i mean it's it's not a everyone's always a hundred percent on board you have to hear your detractors to find out is there something valuable in that message is there something that they are concerned about that that we can make better and win them over. Those are the, those are the uh, some extra milestones that get dropped sometimes that are, that are useful, that can right. make a program even better.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that we, as your vendor, your software partner can do to guide this framework. But at the end of the day, I think it's really an openness on your behalf as a client Or as an organization, just looking for some high-level change and success and movement from the way that it always was. So I think that that's exactly right. Hearing your detractors, acting where it's appropriate, staying the course. That feels like really good advice to give to these organizations who are looking to do this, this hard stuff. And everyone's doing this hard stuff right now. So there will be those detractors. How do we handle that? You know, how does an executive stakeholder and their software partner handle resistance to change?
1: Well, again, I kind of look at it, you know, you need to get those people managers involved. You know, they need to sit down, you know, maybe even just have some good old fashioned heart to heart discussions with that individual that is resistant to change to understand why. Maybe we haven't done a good job of explaining why the change is necessary or what's in it for that particular individual, or maybe they're just scared of the change. And, and I think it, you know, it's critical that the people manager do that because that's the person that's got the one-on-one relationship with that employee that, that may be resistant. And they have to be a good listener. They have to be open to understanding why, you know, that person is a a detractor. And to what you and Joe have said, maybe that person's got a reason. That's a good reason as to why they are pushing back a little bit.
2: I find the majority of time, the most important thing you can do is make them feel heard. Um, You might just come back and reiterate, here are the goals that the organization is trying to meet. This is what we've considered. We hear you. Um, this is where that sits, but I think that being heard, uh, definitely helps cut through that resistance.
0: Okay. So we spent tons of time talking about the people side of change. Honestly, one of the most critical pieces of this because software really is run by people. Um, but what about the, the technical side of things? You know, how are those people, how can they stay aligned, um, with the technical side of a project? I think we, we touched on this a little bit, but is there more that can be said about making sure that these, these are um, all part of the, the task list in a change management project?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, project management is to my mind, and, and I know there's different philosophies, but that's project management is where I bring in the technical components and the change management components together. And, you know, one of the ways that w- we do that is, um, you know, not only at the senior management level where we have a, a change awareness form where we talk about various uh, changes that are either active or, or will be forthcoming to, to m- ensure we have awareness at that level. But when I get down into the, the project level, what we do, uh, the first step I take is staff it with the appropriate team members from the various departments. And certainly I don't know who all that always is. So I go to the department heads, again, those people managers, and ask them, you know, you know about this project, who is the best representative or representatives that you have to staff the project? And when they do that, they're taking into account not only the technical aspects of the change, but Who is that individual within their department that can help change some of their, what I'll call their people processes, which are their business processes, what changes need to take place there. So I meld the two together and I view my role as the project managers, making sure those those technical or subject matter SMEs on that particular software change are very much aligned with the the, the people change and, and we pull it all together.
2: He's trying to find champions.
1: Yeah.
2: You need a, champ, you need a champion in all those areas. Um, and sometimes that champion is the one that helps the, the less technical folks understand if it's a highly technical change. Um, if, we're, if we're doing something in the organization that seems very large and it's mostly on the technical side and now everyone has to dance to a different tune, um, you need translators and so that's who your champions are. Sometimes it's just getting everyone to behave differently. Absolutely. I
0: would also like to add that sometimes your champion is is a user, you know, it's an, an employee. <laughs> um yeah. because, you know, as much as this impacts organizational leadership and technicians, it's certainly or in a workforce management project, it's going to affect The employee who punches in every day. So if we can find champions at that level, that makes a much more prepared and communicative process for the whole. I think that's
1: that you're definitely right, Kim. You've got to have champions at that level because they are the ones that use it every day and they know what needs to be implemented. And the little, you know, I'll call them tips, techniques, best practices that can be uh, you know, implemented within their specific organization that will work well for them. And that's not, you know, the same little best practice may not always work in one organization in exactly the same fashion
0: as it may in another. I also think the power of word of mouth is critical in these situations. Um, you know, you have that um, that champion just really talking to all their friends and their colleagues um, about why it's important or how it's changed their day-to-day, I think it just really speaks volumes for an effective system from end to end, just get those users on board as soon as, as early and as often as possible.
1: Oh, totally agree. We all know how strong the grapevines can be. So uh, the more you can get that groundswell of support for the change and understanding what the change is, Absolutely. Very
0: critical. All right. So we've talked about this really from a high level, but do we have, Dave or Joe, Have you? can you share any success stories um, that you've recently mm-hmm. seen, organizations that have really started to implement change?
2: One example was with pay on demand. And that an organization onboarded everyone with, here's pay-on-demand, you can sign up for it at the clock, you can sign up for it on your mobile phone. And it really, it was almost obvious who did this. The the first person that signed up just started telling everyone how easy it was and how great that change was for them. They immediately became um, an announcer for pay-on-demand and that. They, they're they just bringing, they were bringing people up to the clock and showing them how to sign up and walking them through the process. Like, Hey, it's, you just put in your phone number, get a text, put in your info, you're off and rolling. And that, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big technical challenge. Right. But it was, it was a, a level of, of championing that really made a big difference with that healthcare organization in an area that you know, people people needed that service. But even if it's something that I can sit down with you and explain, you need this, you want this, this will help you. This can get you out of other situations that are less ideal. You know, there's a lot of predatory things that happen in the world um, where Pan Demand is on this mission to, to make that better and to give people a, an easy path to get access to to their wages now. And you have... You have someone just shout from rooftops in this company and it was like they set a fire and everyone starts mm-hmm. signing up for it. It was awesome. And so that was just an example of um, getting that grassroots champion and them having an easy path to get there. We tried yeah. to lay out the easiest technical way for people to get engaged with this service. Um, we brought everyone to it, but I think that made a really big difference is, is uh, someone was empowered to, to champion that.
0: Yeah, that's a great example of champions because um, m- my opinion is that no matter how much communication the corporation was going to put out around the service, because it has to do with your paycheck and your money, you r- you really aren't listening until you hear it from your peer. Um, so yeah, I that example, I remember it well, and it's still happening today. I think many of our pay-on-demand clients really the growth is being um, ushered in by these champions, by the employees who are using this and signing up and telling their friends and their colleagues. It's an amazing case study for making sure that the right people have heard the value of the thing that you're doing, the change you're trying to make, the product or the services that you're offering.
2: Yeah, make it easy so that your champions can, can really make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. We've also seen larger organizations that are um, long-term care, skilled nursing facilities around the country. And some fairly large ones have dealt with the need to change their solution to WorkSync. And so instead of having all of these disparate ways of doing things, they want to get them all on board. That's a tough sell because everyone has developed their own way of doing things. They've they've all got their own Excel spreadsheets. Some of them had, you know, applications they had grabbed themselves and had somewhat implemented. And there were pluses and minuses all over the place to how they were doing things. And so now it gets to we're gonna come in there and as an org to business to business and say, what are the goals here? And so I think having a good, clear understanding up front with that organization on. What is it that you're trying to achieve? What is most important to you? Um, And getting that message from the top down, one of the places that I see disconnects in when we're doing this kind of business to business change management together, hand in hand, is the deciders, the, the decision makers that we're going to do this and we're going to do this with you are not always the people that then have to do that with us. And so sometimes we have to win over the change management folks right away by coming in with our method and saying, here's how we're going to engage with you. And maybe you can speak to that method a little bit more, Kim, on what we're doing with WorkSync. But that gets us into now we've got dozens of sites, dozens of facilities with a scheduler who's trying to deal with 100 beds and making sure they have the right staffing Every one of them thinks they have a unique challenge. And, and most of the time they kind of do. Like it's, not, it's, it's true. So how can we get everyone on board that this is gonna be the right solution for everyone um, can be a tricky task and it's, and it's over communication. It's making sure they're highly aware this is coming. This is what we hope to achieve and communicating upfront the value. If you save the value and say, well, they should figure that out on their own. You've already lost. You got to put that value right up front and say, we're coming in. This is what we're going to, we're going to make employees' lives better. We're going to make the scheduler's life better, especially. Um, And this is how everyone can be happier if we, if we move forward with this and we do it well, and then you have to hear them out. And I think that's, that's one of the areas that we do really well at is to say, let's hear the distractors. Let's, let's walk through this. Let's walk through it conceptually. Let's hear what people's concerns are. Let's address those concerns and be willing to change your plan. Because if if there's a rigidity that says, well, this is what we signed up for exactly. This is how it's going to go. Then you're basically just telling the detractors, I'll hear you, but you're kind of being steamrolled. I mean, but you obviously can't change the whole plan for one site. So it's having a good team. Managing that project that can deal with those concerns and be able and willing to pivot when needed um, or to address what those detractors are concerned about in a more specific and individualized way um, to get them on board. So, it's we've had a lot of implementations of our solutions like that where we've had to deal with an organization that's got those layers. You have the corporate office, and then you've got the folks off in these locations just trying to make it work i mean they might as well be in some i mean in some cases they might as well just be their own business they're not but they live in that reality day to day and uh you want them all to be on board and that's kind of like where your detractors are is also where you got to find your champions and so we did we did kind of in one example i'm thinking of in particular we did kind of pick out maybe the one of the heavier detractors to say if we can make it work here, we can make it work everywhere and, uh, and really try to tackle those challenges as needed, try to take out the, the immaterial challenges, the things that, are, that were not going to really affect the success, but just reasons to not be on board, You know that I don't want my cheese move, et cetera, um, to really build a champion out of your worst attractor. And if you get that in, in a spread out organization that has good communication, I mean, sometimes these places are like a very independent bunch of sites, but sometimes it is, you know, you get that, you get that one site that's a champion, all of the sudden, and you can't tell them this ahead of time, you can't put this on the brochure, but all of a the sudden they almost become a support desk. They start helping their friends. Then they start encouraging people and how to engage with things and how to make it better they start telling success stories. Um, you want to tell them that they might end up helping their friends because they might be like, I don't have time for that. But they find the time because they're excited because they've engaged with it and they're happy. Um, so we've seen, we've seen a lot of projects like that over the last few years, especially with you know pre-COVID, um, skilled nursing wasn't an easy business to schedule in. And mid-COVID and now are we post-COVID? It's definitely gotten harder it's gotten harder to find people it's gotten harder to deal with the day-to-day challenges um and so these are people that are under a great deal of stress and we pick that as you know one of our one of our places that we that we try to excel in where people are most stressed out so that's what i've seen in our ability to to help organizations uh succeed in fairly difficult change management scenarios yeah
0: Okay. Well, I want to thank you guys for being here today before I let you go. Any parting thoughts um that may inspire our listeners to to make a plan or to get started with these keys to change. Dave.
1: Obviously, you have to be prepared, you know, preparation up fronts key. And then clearly ongoing support. Uh you know, those folks need to be recognized for the fact that, you know, it can be a big effort to make a change, but it can also be a huge win. And, you know, as Joe outlined, you know, there's several good scenarios where we've had some big wins and it's just, you know, a way to pull it together. It's, it's very nice.
2: I would, you know, the only thing I would add to what Dave's saying is empathy um, from, from the top to the bottom of an organization as you're trying to lead this organization through change have empathy with what they're going through the daily struggles of a scheduler, what it's like to try to have to juggle shifts and trade with people. Um, What it's like to be at the top of this, hoping it's all going well and getting nothing but data. You know, what, what kind of data really gives them that picture and that comfort level that it's working or can properly identify where the problems are Um, from every, every corner of an organization that you intend to affect with a software change, have empathy for what everyone's going through, and and do your best to find out, even ahead of time, definitely ahead of time, um, what their struggles and pain points are. Everyone's worth seeing and hearing. It doesn't. You can have the detractors be anywhere, and it cause a change management program to struggle.
1: Well said, Joe.
0: All right.
2: Well, I want to
0: thank you both for being here and talking about uh, organizational change. I will be following up this episode with a conversation about the WorkSync methodology for change um, called ADAPT, which is really heavily influenced by ADKAR. Um, we've used this in um, our WorkSync implementations and projects, and we find that it's really a simple approach to a really complex problem that most organizations have. So looking forward to sharing that all with you. Um, But for now, let's say thanks to Dave and Joe. Much appreciated. Um, Looking forward to chatting with you about potential change management projects in the future.
1: Sounds good. Thank you, Kim. Enjoyed it. Thanks,
0: guys. Thanks, Kim.